0: Welcome back to my little podcasting corner of the world. I'm Casey, your friendly bipolar hedge witch guide to the verse. <laughs> I'm back with another snack-sized visit from my corner of the world to yours. Each month I'm here with my stories from around the witch community and beyond. So grab a snack, your favorite friend drink, and don't forget that water. Stay hydrated and settle in for this month's snack episodes. It's fall, y'all. <laughs> the seasonal change has finally made it to my little corner of the world. And that means we finally have enough rain to lift the bird band, seemingly for good this time. At least until next drought season. We're not going to talk about that right now. My wee little Aries heart lives again with that news. The first day it was lifted, I was out on my witchy porch with my little fire pit and the twigs I'd been arranging for weeks, waiting for this moment, and did a whole last stage. Bundle like burned a whole last thing in the fire to cleanse away the ick of the dog days of summer. The heat always leaves people extra grumpy and I think we all could do with a good spiritual cleanse after a season like that. Perhaps it's part of why so many of the fall harvest festivals include some form of cleansing in the smoke of the community fires. I'm just saying bring it back y'all. It also gave me something to look forward to since I would be holding my annual Halloween party and all after dark community gatherings are better with a good fire pit going. This month was hard. On top of the struggles I've had getting back into a new schedule post-Anahata's, we've had to face the mortality of our beloved girl Tyra, our senior dog. You may have heard her bark on an episode at least once as she alerted me that I had been on the wrong side of the door for too long from her. For a while now, we've known each day with Tyra wasn't promised. She was a large breed dog that would have been 15 this fall, and after our small dog, Allie, passed away last year, we've savored each day with Tyra, knowing they were not promised. At the start of this month, she had a spell after dinner, and it was clear we had reached a new phase in the end of her life. I thought we were going to lose her that night, but when she saw how upset that made us, especially my husband, she rallied and hauled herself onto his lap to comfort him. She was dying, and she was more worried about her people, as always. I've always had a strange relationship with death. Being far too comfortable with my own and feeling far too responsible for the non-deaths of those around me, I've often taken loss as a personal responsibility even as a child i recently learned about the meaning of the chiron placement in astrology thanks to teresa's you know wounded healer class at an and was not surprised to learn my chiron in torres in the eighth house is all about that particular wound the wound of loss i long ago caught on that this was a pattern i was repeating until i changed and healed In so many ways. Death was actually one of the earlier parts of the wound I was forced to face and heal when I missed reconciling with my estranged grandfather before his death. I long felt ashamed for that and when my grandmothers died I did all I could to be by their side in the end. Both died in care facilities but they were such different experiences. The death of my Lita, my father's mother, and the last of my grandparents to pass is the death that changed my relationship with the end of life. I worked in care facilities before then and had seen a lot of deaths by that time, good deaths and bad deaths. By then, I had learned a good death felt peaceful, surrounded by your loved ones in a familiar setting. Lita was in a facility that helped give her the best death possible in that circumstance moving her to a private room where we could spend her final days surrounding her with family and everyone saying their goodbyes and fulfilling her wish just to hear us sing. It was the day after Thanksgiving and Christmas carols were her favorite. We had sang so many in that time, but I also sang her favorite songs from the musicals and movies she loved. By the time night fell, the hospice nurse suggested we needed to stop the singing and let her know it was okay to go because she seemed to be lingering for our sake. My two aunts and I cleared everyone out and settled in for the night watch and told her we would watch over the family now. It was okay to go. Time for her to rest. She took her last breath, listening to us tell each other stories about her sons and her family. Her death showed me how beautiful death could be and... Watching the hospice caregiver and my aunts and I in those days showed me how imper- important end-of-life care is, and the people who facilitate the transitions be- between worlds are hedge witches in their own rights. I say. You know, in the years since, I've seen how my style of private, com- you know, private comfort care dog grooming is also an important part of end-of-life care for our interspecies com- companions. Humans and animals alike deserve the same dignity at the end of our lives. After you know, after all they give us, my clients have become comfortable asking me about their dogs' quality of life. Something I realized is different in their heads than their pets' physical health. That's a conversation for vets. You know, dog is my second language, and I often find myself acting as translator and cherish the humans who see the gift in me and value my insights when it comes to what their dog has to say to me. When it came to my own dog, Tyra, I knew it was getting close, but she still valued the quality of her life up until the beginning of October and that incident she had after dinner. That night, she began her goodbyes. Her breathing changed, her bodily functions started breaking down, and while she rallied to comfort us, she saw when she saw we weren't ready to go, or we weren't ready for goodbye, we knew it was time to let her go. I dropped everything at that point. Giving her a beautiful death became my top prior- priority. I miss things going on with the living, and I am behind on everything, but I wouldn't change it for the world. That dog gave us nearly 15 years of love and loyalty, and I wanted her to know she was just as loved. As long as she wasn't crying in pain and still communicating her needs, we decided to give her hospice care at home, and if it came down to it, we would find someone to come to our home to aid in her transition. Fear of the unknown was not something I wanted for her in those final days. And she really hated leaving the house and being away from us. I carried her to the front yard on sunny days and laid out there with her for hours in her favorite spot. Before we had neighbors, she could freely hang out there with us while grilling or gathering around the fires, and she missed that so much. I'm so grateful I was able to give her that gift, to physically be strong enough to lift her, and emotionally strong enough to let her know it was okay to go. She passed on the morning of October 16th. We've been heartbroken, but I'm comforted by our young pup Chewy. So glad I said yes to the pup. And my day job as a private groomer for special needs dogs. That does help to get a lot of dog cuddles. I miss my Tyra, but I know she still watches over us. She joins our other guardian dogs, all passed around the same time of year when the veil is thin and their buddies are just beyond to guide them across. They ran together in her dreams in that final week and they run together now, just as they did when we first moved here with them. I cannot change the bad deaths of, of my past, but I can do my best to heal my relationship with death and the dead I have avoided for too long. During the season of honoring the dead through traditions of Samhain and Dias de las Muertes, I will honor my dead with far less fear and shame and will hold my head high as I celebrate their lives and legacies left behind. I'll also hold them close as I host my seasonal gatherings, whether it's our annual Halloween fire here at the house, or it's the big gatherings of the annual DFW Pagan Unity Fest. Because this is also a season of communal gathering as the shifting weather drives us together indoors or around warm fires and the glow of twinkle lights. Our thoughts turn inwards towards ourselves, and our community. In my corner of the world, we are preparing for our 8th annual DFW Pagan Unity Fest, held each year in Arlington, Texas, at the Arlington UU. Each year, a team of volunteers works hard to pull together this free event offering a vendor's village, family crafts at Kids' Corners, classes throughout the day in the Grove, a charity raffle, and a public ritual open for the community. As volunteer coordinator, social media manager, and overall decorations fairy, I am so proud to be a part of the team of volunteers working so hard to bring this event to life. In the years since I first attended and spent a day taking the classes and volunteering and joining in the public ritual, I have found that this event is something special. After that day, I've felt recharged and connected to my spirituality in whole new ways. I would learn new skills and expand my practice, all for free. I was spoiled because since then I have learned you usually have to pay a lot of money for an experience like that. While I appreciate there is a place for in-depth, pay-to-play, multi-day events like that, I think it's so important for free events like ours to be just as spiritually fulfilling we are not just another monthly market. We are an annual pagan unity festival, celebrating the entire pagan community with free activities for the whole family. No paywall gatekeeping the most vulnerable and marginalized members of our community. We work hard to remember there is no one type of pagan and we are here to serve the entire community. I hope to see some of y'all out there and maybe bring me a snack. I always forget to eat when I'm working an event. And fuel is important. I can't wait to tell you all all about this year's event next month in my next snack-sized visit with you. If you want to hear more of my witty stories and other musings, be sure to tune in next month at some point in time around the end of the month for your snack-sized visit with me. Don't forget, you can now send me an email, and I'll call it a raven over on my new website, welcome welcometocaseyscorner.com or follow me on my socials, also found there on the site or in the descriptions of this episode. Send me your snack ideas, and if you're also dealing with anxiety issues, tell me about how you manage building community and I can share it on my next episode. Let's learn from each other, as so much of what gets me through is what I've learned from others. One day, I hope to see a whole flock of ravens waiting for me there. You can also check out my latest videos over on my YouTube's channel, Casey's Corner, also linked in the description. You can join me for members-only seasonal group spells over on my Ko-fi page and get exclusive access to special events like my chart reading with Teresa Marisa from Two Geminis and a Leo, quarterly group spells from my collection, and early access to my travel vlogs. I now have three tiers of membership available, so check them out. You can also check out my Kofi shop open to members and non-members alike. I hope you've enjoyed your snack. Y'all have a great month get you some water, stay hydrated, and I'll meet y'all right here about the same witch time, same which channel next month. If you've enjoyed your little break with me, consider leaving a review or ratings to help me grow. And of course, be sure to subscribe and share. Thank you so much for spending this time with me. Love you guys. Bye.